you're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it with tales from all over the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hello, AP. Hi, Murph. Well, if I sound a little bit uh, light voiced, it's because I am. 10,000 feet up in the air in the Rocky Mountains right now. And guess what? I'm right next to you. We're I, both. <laughs> we we have noticed that we are definitely Iowans in Colorado because the elevation is so high. Yeah. The air is so thin and like, I think as soon as we get back to Iowa, it's going to feel like we're chewing the air. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. yeah. Like just simple things like going upstairs. It was so funny yesterday. We were both like, let's go check out, you know, this restaurant or something. And we walked up 10 stairs and both of us were like, oh my God, I can't breathe. <laughs> and we are both in shape because we both finished the route inspection ride just a couple of days ago. Yes. So it's just wild, but we're loving it. And I guess I should say that we're here in the Rocky Mountains for Ride the Rockies. Yeah. I was going to say, do you want to tell the listeners why we're even here? Yeah. Ride the Rockies is a six day ride around in a big loop this year around the Rocky Mountains and through, and it starts and ends in Fort Collins, Colorado. But right now we're in Winter Park. It's beautiful it's here. It's gorgeous. It's a ski resort town yeah. and it's clearly made to be an attractive place to visit. Looking out the window, I can literally see snow and what are ski slopes in the wintertime. Yeah. So the riders today are facing a large pass and I know you just talked about this, but they're going to be doing 4,000 feet of elevation today in just 40 miles, yeah. which is a similar amount of elevation that we have ridden or we will ride on Ragbar this year in 80 miles. In 80 <laughs> miles. I know. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting too. Um, you know, in Iowa, we have rolling hills, right? So we go up a hill, we go down a hill, we go up a hill, we go down a hill. The riders here at Ride the Rockies, um, when they see the elevation, they know it's typically one big, long stretch up, you know, like maybe 30 miles of climbing and then bombing down the mountain. Yeah. So it's a whole different experience. It's just wild. And I can't wait to tell you more about it for now. Follow us on social media at ride the Rockies on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Excellent. Well, let's get right to who our um, interview is today because I'm beyond excited. Yes. It's a great interview today. And in fact, it's someone who is a professional at doing interviews. Yes. I interviewed Tamara Keith. She is not only the NPR politics podcast co-host, she's also NPR White House correspondent. Yeah. So, that, I mean, this is really, really cool. What an opportunity to have her on the podcast and get to talk to her and get to know her a little bit. Yes. Of course, in the interview, uh, we talk plenty about what she does for a living. I mean, she gets to go on Air Force One. Wow. Like she's on the airplane with the president in, I think she calls it the pool oh. with some other um, representatives in the media, but um, also she's done RAGBRAI. Yeah. So this is, that's, and that's why we have her on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. She's done RAGBRAI. This will be her second RAGBRAI and she rides with team No Pie Refused. So they'll be out there on the ride this year and so... You'll see them because they have a Groucho Marx logo on their, um, some of their uniforms and some of them yeah. are, uh, pieces of pie. Yes. So anyway, they're a fantastic team. We love this team and they are the Des Moines Register's fiercest competition in the no pie refused competition, pie eating competition every year. And actually I think that Tamara Keith would not agree with you on that because she talks about it in the interview. <laughs> They have failed to win the pie eating contest almost every time. So the Des Moines journalists are nailing it. Well, 
they eat their hearts out. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to our interview with Tamara Keith. Okay, I would like to give a very warm welcome to Tamara Keith, co-host of the NPR Politics Podcast. Hey, Tamara. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so fun to have you on a very tiny podcast in the world of podcasts. (laughs) A podcast is a podcast. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, and uh, hopefully listeners aren't disappointed. We're probably not going to get much into politics. We are on to talk about bicycling. (laughs) Before we get into a little bit about your job and about RAGBRAI, Will you tell the listeners where you currently live and if there's a cycling culture or what you see as far as cycling there? Yeah, so I live in Northern Virginia um, and I am very close to the WOND uh, trail, which is a very long trail that connects to a bunch of other trails, uh, which is nice because there are no cars on that trail. Um, and, And, you know, there's constantly there are constantly um just constant traffic of cyclists going up and down the trail and and then obviously um yeah throughout the region that lots of cycling and is that trail you mentioned paved or is it like limestone oh it is paved it's a it's a former rail trail uh and uh so it's it's paved it's lovely it goes further than i can imagine going though i guess i should imagine it soon right um And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it is shared with uh, pedestrians, and I'll be honest, more of the time I'm running on it than cycling. Uh, but it's it's a great, just a great trail. Nice. A couple of years back, a group of us did the uh, Gap Trail and the CNO Trail. So oh, yes. uh, our plan was to end up in Washington, D.C., but we got sidelined by a hurricane that came yeah. through and flooded a lot of the CNO. So we had to, like, figure out a detour. So then we, we call it a time warp. We found some pickup trucks and got our bikes to D.C. and then came backwards. And I'm pretty sure it's the trail that you just mentioned because it was the W something something. Um, and if it's the same trail That's that you, you mentioned, it was beautiful. We loved it. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. Good. Okay. So you mentioned briefly that you do a little bit of running and yeah. hopefully you ride your bike because Ragbri is just around the corner. But before we talk about that, you have an amazingly interesting job. So I'm sure everyone already knows who you are, Tamara Keith, but will you kind of tell us <laughs> what you do? So I, I cover the White House. Uh, which means that on any given day, I'm sitting in the briefing in the briefing room at, you know, the iconic uh, briefing room. Wow. Or, um, you know, yesterday I was out on the South Lawn hoping that the president would would comment, but uh, he didn't. So, uh, well, he didn't say much. Uh, so there wasn't that much work for me to do. And I, I got to stand on the South Lawn while um, Marine One took off. Sometimes I get to fly on Air Force One. Uh, and and it is like I'm making it sound uh, glamorous, but it's it's actually a ton of work. Um, say, and it's probably pretty grueling because <laughs> you're like you have to yeah. be ready whenever he's ready. 
Exactly. Um, and, you know, this president generally confines himself to like a, a work day, a business day. But mm-hmm. last night, the House passed the debt ceiling bill, uh, the debt ceiling deal. And the president put out a statement at like 10 p.m. And so I was sitting in my bed writing a quick story about the statement <laughs> that the president put out. Wow. <laughs> um, did you. OK. I have so many questions like give us maybe the the public version of what you can tell us about Air Force One. What's it like? (laughs) So um, Air Force One is bigger and uh, more impressive than you might imagine, uh, which uh, is kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah. But I mean, it's a 747. It's a big aircraft and uh and and most parts of it i don't get to see or go into we're pretty confined to the press section of air force one i've been to the front of the plane once when when trump was president and he he brought us up to the front to watch him watching brett kavanaugh get confirmed on tv oh um which was fascinating, but that's the only time I've been up in, into the president's cabin. Uh, but the press cabin is very nice. It's basically first-class seats, and there's 13 of us in what's called the pool. So we pool our resources and, and share our, our reporting with the rest of the press corps. Um, so the pool sits in the back in the press cabin with these very nice seats. And uh, the food is incredible. This is not regular airplane food. I hope uh, not. The, the folks, well, yeah, I mean, the, the folks at the Air Force, like, cook actual meals. There are salads. Wow. Uh, there are, uh, usually it's thematic. So, like, if we went to New Orleans, you'd get a shrimp po' boy on the plane. Oh, wow. um, or, a, you know, like a Philly cheesesteak going to Philadelphia. Um, so they really, um, it's really fascinating and fun. And I can't eat dairy, which, like, is going to be a problem during rag rye. Mm. Uh, but on Air Force One, they have almond milk. They have nice. dairy-free desserts. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Okay, you know, here you are doing all this crazy, amazing stuff with the White House. Did you grow up thinking, I'm going to be on NPR or I'm going to be a senior White House correspondent? Well, I mean, a girl can dream, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe <laughs> or maybe it was, you know, all about journalism growing up or like what, what was your path to NPR? Yeah, I mean, the, the switch sort of flipped on journalism around, I don't know, I was probably like 11 or 12. Um, And that's when I decided I wanted to do journalism. And then I was completely obsessed with uh, presidential campaigns. Mm. Um, And so it makes sense that I ended up where I ended up. Um, It is sort of the fulfillment of a dream. But, you know, it wasn't a straight line (laughs) at all. (laughs) Uh, As careers often are. It uh, It was a winding road, but I got there. And now I've been covering the White House since 2014. I finally feel like I, I understand the beat. Um, it's really, it's it's a challenging beat because every day is something different. Uh, and you have to get up to speed very quickly on so many different things. Well, and I would assume you're changing gears all the time too, as far as yes. you know, whatever's happening in the world. Or um, I would guess that the president has a pretty in-depth schedule that you are provided, but I bet you things change all the time. Yes. Well, I, you know, 
you you go in thinking that the news is going to be the debt ceiling or something else and then oh no there's ufos or <laughs> you know or or uh, a war in sudan or uh, baby formula shortages it just on every day there is something new and surprising that bubbles up to the top mm -hmm. that um has become a crisis and, and that's the thing about being president not that i know that much about it but you know you come in with all kinds of plans and then you get the presidency you get yeah <laughs> you get the crises you can have all the plans in the world but you're inevitably going to face major crises and minor crises mm -hmm. every day that have the potential to derail your agenda and certainly suck away your attention and and the same is true for those of us covering the white house yeah i i just I can't imagine, even though you're 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 describing it really well in my head. I'm like, this is still just beyond amazing. <laughs> oh. So, OK, we have to give a shout out to Bill Danforth. Um, he is the man that connected us and he yes. has a rag bride connect connection as well that I'll tell you about in a second or tell the listeners about in a second. The reason that I'm giving Bill a shout out is because he kind of started out the email to me by saying that you were preparing for, he, he kind of was like, oh, he's, she's preparing for, you know, like this dinner coming up. And it made me think of, oh, she's at home and there's going to be like, you know, 10 people sitting around a table and she's in the kitchen cooking. And then, you know, then he, he sent me the link and I'm like, holy crap, this woman is, you are the current president of the White House Correspondent Association and you had the the huge, big presidential dinner April 29th or April 30th or something like that. Yes, it was April 29th. Um, I have to say, like, the the period since then has been like, oh, wow, like, life is so boring and normal. <laughs> um, because I, I didn't think, well, I there were moments where I was like, I am so stressed. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I am so stressed. How do I unstress? But like, I don't think I even realized how intense the pressure was leading into it until I survived it. <laughs> and you did survive. So, yeah. So the White House Correspondents Dinner is a really big deal in Washington, but people all over America watch it on C-SPAN and CNN carried it live. Uh, MSNBC carried a bunch of it, even Fox and, and some of the um, other networks streamed it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, the president comes this year, the vice president came, we have a comedian and, you know, it's a great big celebration of the mm -hmm. first amendment and the freedom of the press and the important work that uh, White House journalists do that, you know, isn't always understood or appreciated. And so it's also just like a big event where we can try to spread the gospel of the fourth estate and why it matters and why, you know, getting all your information from YouTube is maybe not the best idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. I feel like we pulled it off. Like, I feel like we drove the message that we wanted to drive. We didn't have distractions. It was everything I imagined it to be and more. And it felt like my wedding, though. Nice, yeah. <laughs> In almost every way. <laughs> well, I was going to say, including um, it wasn't a white dress, but your dress was significant as well, right? Yes, Um and, and it actually was basically a wedding dress, except that it was um, black and white polka dots uh, with a big bow on the front. And 
I had been inspired by the movie uh, Broadcast News. When I was much younger, I was inspired by the movie Broadcast News because it um, it's just like this perfect journalism movie. And the the movie culminates, or like this major scene in the film is where the main character, played by Holly Hunter, is going on a date, essentially, with her love interest to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Mm. And she wears this dress, black and white polka dots with a big bow on the front. Nice, um, nice. And I, I had this thought that, like, if I'm going to be president of the Correspondents' Association, if I'm going to sit up on that stage, I want to wear that dress. And I didn't end up wearing that dress exactly because it was a costume, it turns out, and was not available off the shelf or uh, from, from like, eBay. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up having a dress made. Went to a local dress shop. They, we, a wedding dress shop. I tried on a bunch of wedding dresses, picked the one that had, like, the, the, um, the closest neckline and its sort of design sensibility. Uh, and and then they had uh, fabric made to match the fabric from the movie, and then they made the bow. And I mean, it is one heck of a dress. It, it, yeah, I hope. I'm. I don't know if it'll either go into like the Smithsonian or if you'll get to wear it a second time. <laughs> oh, I have to amortize that dress for the rest of my life. <laughs> so maybe there's a dress up day on Ragbri. You can throw it in a its oh own my suitcase. God. It would need its own bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so stress relief from a uh, very successful event at the, you know, the correspondence. What's it called? The correspondence dinner? The White House. Yeah, it's the White House correspondence dinner. Okay. but 2,600 people attended. Way bigger than my wedding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> T- really? 2,600? Yes. Wow. And we had another 1,000 people who were mad at me because they couldn't buy tickets. <laughs> And like you mentioned, it was live. So like that's yeah. wow. That's that's way bigger than the dinner party I had in my head. But anyway, <laughs> so that stress is gone. But now let's get into a little thing called ragbri. And there yes. may be some stress building with the anticipation of ragbri fifty. So I'm assuming you're going to be doing ragbri and that's why you're on the podcast, at least one of the reasons. Yes, unless I unless I chicken out, but I don't think I will because I um I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Okay. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Okay. So you have been on Ragbri before, correct? Yes, I did it in 2015. Okay. And tell us, I don't know if you have any memories of that year and for sure tell us about your team cuz that's I love I love the concept of this team. Yeah, so um our team is uh, No Pie Refused, NPR. Uh, my colleague, Scott Horsley, read an article in the Wall Street Journal, I guess probably 10 or 15 years ago now, more than that, about this thing called ragbri, where you eat so much pie along the way that you gain weight. Um, <laughs> and he was like, that is the bike ride for me. And he convinced other NPR people to do it too. And he came up with the idea of team no pie refused. And uh, and and it's great. Uh, so uh, I will be riding with team no pie refused this year as I did in 2015. And Scott originally designed the the jerseys and, and they were basically just t-shirts. 
and you know he basically used clip art and to me it looked like a guy pooping on a pie it, <laughs> Um, it was supposed to be like, you know, a cyclist on uh, wheels of pie. But it really just looked like a guy pooping on pie. And so the year I did it in 2015, I was like, Scott, we've got to do better. <laughs> like, I don't want to have, I don't want to wear a shirt yeah. of a guy pooping on a pie. <laughs> How many times are you going to have to explain your shirt to somebody? <laughs> and so um, we got my brother who is uh, like a artist. Artist may not be the right word, but he does 3D animation and graphic design. Mm. Um, and we got, so we got my brother, I sort of harangued him into designing a, a shirt that we got made in, onto jerseys. And, and so it's like a pie box with the NPR logo made out of it. And it, um, it you know, it's, it stands out and uh, it really makes the no pie refuse thing work well. Hilariously, Scott still wanted the guy pooping on the pies on the jersey. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's it the, on the bottom of the jersey oh so it, 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 it won he won well no we both won yeah <laughs> <laughs> that so is. uh yeah okay so, so in the years in the past I don't know if it happened in 2015 but there used to be this like um pie eating contest are you aware yes. of this okay do you want to talk oh. about that Yes. So there is a pie eating contest and I participated in 2015. Oh, nice. Um, yes. And, uh, but one of my colleagues basically like choked on the pie. <laughs> so, so that slowed us down and we lost. Oh. Um, but it, pretty much we've lost almost every year choking or not. So, uh, you know, NPR, I guess we like to savor our pie. But there, it's a pie eating competition between the Des Moines Register and the NPR team, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. We actually did it during the pandemic year too, uh, over Zoom. Oh, and that's I, right. Yeah, I participated that year because the stakes were quite low. I didn't have to ride my bike. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, took photographs of the pie eating contest this past year, and you guys did not win. I'm sorry to say. No, we never win. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. We're we're okay with mediocrity. We still get pie. <laughs> yeah, you still get some pie out of the deal. Good. Yeah. And um, did you, I mean, did you enjoy Ragbri that year enough to, I mean, obviously you're coming back, but how was your Ragbri? Yes. Yeah, it was, um, you know, like, I definitely need to do it again uh, with the learning that I gained the first time. Uh, I think I was maybe taking it a little too seriously the first time and, and was just like really focused on finishing every day. Um, as quickly as I could. And I think I sort of burned myself out. Also, hilariously, I, I went into the 2015 rag where I thinking like, oh, this is going to be like, I'm going to prepare for the caucuses. I'm going to learn a lot about Iowa and Iowa voters and maybe the candidates will be campaigning. And what I discovered is like, uh, no, rag is not where you <laughs> commune with Iowa voters <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> and at one point though, um, he's, he's a footnote in history, but Martin O'Malley was, uh, you know, the, the, the way third tier democratic candidate for president in 2015, 2016, and his campaign had like a little booth set up along the rag route. So I'm like, Oh, 
there it is. There's your moment. <laughs> There's a moment of campaign. So I pull over and my bike like falls over and I didn't, and I, and I have uh, pad brakes, not disc brakes. And what I didn't realize is that like my brake got uh, tweaked and it was r- after that stop rubbing against the tire. Oh. And we went up this huge hill and I thought I was going to, I thought I was dying um, and I didn't know that my brake was on and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I've completely bonked. Oh no. Um, like Horsley, Scott Horsley was with me and I was like, Scott, you got to get like the lag wagon to sag wagon to come get me. Like, this is not, I'm done. <laughs> He's like, no man left behind. We're going to get you out of here. <laughs> anyway, we discovered that my brake was on and that in fact, I. <laughs> you were riding. Was... Yeah. You were riding for hours with brakes on. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. So lesson learned. Wow. I'll always make that, make sure that brake is just fine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and also lesson learned. I am like not even going to pretend that I'm working on the ride this year. That is, yeah, those double thumbs up on that. Like, you got to enjoy all the fun parts with the pancakes. And, okay, so yes. actually that, that brings me to my next question. Be honest here. What's more exciting? Asking the President of the United States probing <laughs> questions, you know, running at him on the South Lawn or wherever, or, like, doing a water slide on the side of a farm hill? So I have not done a water slide on the what? side of a farm hill. What? But but this year I am going to live my best life, um, and not my serious trying to get done can't have fun life. And therefore, everybody, tell me where your water slides are. I'm going. Okay. Um, yeah. And it should be obvious as you're pedaling by that you see like this big sheet of plastic, like you know, running down a hill at a, some rural farm area, but be prepared. It may be a little muddy and disturbingly <sighs> gross, but you can work through that. I know you can work through that. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> it, like I can tell you from my experience doing those water slides, you're like, you know, super hot and you see all the people having fun. You're like, let's do it. And you run up the hill and then you slide down and you have the time of your life. And then you have wet shorts for like the next hour and you're like what the heck why why do I do stuff like this so okay well you're not I'm not not selling I know I'm not selling it very well okay all right (laughs) but there's plenty of other crazy things so what would you rather be doing Uh, yeah I um at this moment in my life I just need a break I'm so tired being president of the White House Correspondents Association is like the absolute worst volunteer position in the whole wide world. I, and I can't imagine. I am so excited. My presidency ends on July 15th. Oh. And then I'm going to go straight into RAGBRAI. Yeah. And I am just not, I am just not going to look at my phone. That is awesome. So everyone listening, if you see Tamara Keith and she has her phone out. I think you can tell her, you know, unless you're just texting friends that it's time to put the phone away. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're, when you're at work, I don't know how much, you know, especially like if you're on the plane with in your pool, like how much casual conversation happens, but do people where you work even understand what RAGBRAI is or maybe you don't talk about it? Yeah. Well, so I don't, 
there are there are actually some people in the broader political world who are very into ragbri and do ragbri. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like my friend Amy Walter from um, the Cook Political Report, who's on uh, Politics Monday on the PBS NewsHour with me. Um, she has not done ragbri, but she's a cyclist, and all of her friends do ragbri. I tried to convince her to do it this year, and she was like, um, "If you and I did ragbri together, then." everyone would just think it was like an episode of politics Monday all the time. And then they would expect <laughs> us to talk about politics and I don't want to do that. I was like, fair point, fair point. We once accidentally went on a Disney cruise together, uh, not on purpose. And uh, that was comical. So we are not allowed to vacation together. Um, <laughs> but um, Jennifer Jacobs, uh, formerly, of, uh, I think she used to work for the Des Moines Register and now she works for Bloomberg. She's doing it. So she and I talk about it. We sit next to each other in the briefing room sometimes. There, you know, there's like a, there's like a whole world of people who are cyclists and, and there is an overlap. Yeah. And it, cause it is for people who don't bike. I mean, to say that you're going to go on vacation to be in the hot sun and ride your bike 500 miles does not sound like a vacation to a lot of people. But when no. you experience it, oh my gosh, it's way more. Yes. Yeah. My my husband just forgot how to ride a bike, he says. He says he's the only person who ever forgot how to ride a bike. So <laughs> um, he's not being extremely supportive about this experience i was like he's probably <laughs> okay. he's not a good training partner then that's for sure no he's not he's he's being about as supportive of this as he was when i did a marathon which is to say not at all <laughs> <laughs> so that uh brings me to the next question how is training going because here we are two months away yes uh and i just went to the bike shop last night and found out that they want my bike july 5th oh to pack it up uh, which so also you, makes me tense. Yeah, so you have one month. Yes. Um, I'm not going to be ready, but that's okay. It'll be fine. I uh, I have been on my bike some, uh, and I've been on my Peloton a lot. And I'm just going to have to hope that um, I survive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well said, well said. And I believe Bill Danforth also told me that you you got your brother tucked into coming. Is he the same guy that designed the jersey? He is. He is. And I have no idea how it happened because I did not convince him. He convinced me. Or maybe it was more just like, hey, here's an idea. And then it happened. Oh, we're nice. like, okay, we're in. Um, but so, yes, the, 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 the famous artist of the, uh, you know, of pie box fame and no pie refused fame will be on the ride. Okay. Um, and will you know, like people love our jerseys. So he's gonna, he's gonna feel the love. I was on a training ride two weeks ago. God, was it already two weeks ago? Let's call it a week and a half ago. Okay. I was on a training ride and some person I didn't know shouted like, no pie refused no way i was like oh my god that's crazy he had done rag Ryan in 2019 <laughs> that the connections with rag are just amazing like i don't yes. know if it's just and, iowa or if it's actual rag itself and i love iowa i talk about wanting to retire to iowa um and we even my family went on a vacation to iowa in 2019 
that was unrelated to politics. Uh, we like we went to the um, the Field of Dreams. We went oh. to a Des Moines Cubs game. We did, uh, you know, run into a presidential candidate in the hotel bar, but like, you know, that's what happens when you're in Iowa during state fair season. Right. What What do you think it is about Iowa that brings you and your bike back and just, you know, thousands of people every year? Um, well, there's the pie. When, parking is easy. Everybody's nice. The food is great. I mean, parking, not during rag ride, but right, right. Um, it's... I, I love it. I can't really explain it. It's just, um, it just feels like home and it's definitely not home, but it feels like home. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, I mean, I, I am, I am an Iowan and I live in Iowa, so I'm a little bit biased, but when you're out on Rag it's just so fun because mm -hmm. it's really easy to disconnect, even though you're surrounded by thousands of people but like, you know, who cares about work email right now? Because I yeah. have this big hill I have to get up or just like, you know, like you said, I got to wait in line for this pie because, you know, it's there. Pie is there. Because I have to eat it. Where else do you get gooseberry pie? Exactly. I'm looking forward to strawberry rhubarb myself, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah, I know. So will you be biking with Team No Pie Refused again this year? Yes, Team No Pie Refused and Team Groucho uh, rides again, uh, and uh, and we have our our boss Evelyn, and um, and we will we have hosts in every city, which is awesome. Nice, nice. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to. I love the bus. Like the bus, it's in itself. It's funny that it has a name because it kind of has its own personality. Um, and when people see that bus, they will know that it's team no pie refused. Yes. Well, what are you looking most forward to this year? Do you, have you thought about that or are you still working day to day? Well, well, I, I'm always working day to day, but, um, I like, are we going to end up in the Guinness book of world records? Because that would be so cool. I know the day from Ames to Des Moines. That's the, that's yes. the goal. Um, because my kids read the Guinness Book of World Records, we buy it every year. Like I want to, I want us to be in that book. That would be the coolest thing in the world. Um, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to that uh, relatively short day on the road. Yes. Uh, which will no doubt be a long day on the road because there's so many people. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to meeting our hosts and seeing seeing our friends from uh, Team Groucho again. And I think like. I don't know. This is sort of a weird thing, but when I did it in 2015, I had just started being on the PBS NewsHour and I wasn't really used to people recognizing me and oh, it was sure. kind of like overwhelming, um, especially because like we're wearing these NPR jerseys. And um, I think this time I'm, I'm like in a better place with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as weird as that seems. Sure. Yeah. No, that's fun. I know in addition to that 50-mile day, which will be very nice, but like you said, we may even be walking a little bit, but there are several 80-plus-mile days. So I hate to tell you this, Tamara, but you may want to get on that bike a few more times, at least at least on the Peloton. You mean that 15-mile training ride I did isn't going to be enough? <laughs> I think whatever you effort you put into it will make your rag bry an amazing Amazing week. <laughs> and worst case, I'll just hit your ride on Evelyn. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, Tamara Keith, thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking about your life at the White House and then also on NPR. And most importantly, uh, we all hope to see you on RAGBRAI this year. I hope to see you too. I hope you're coming to the pie eating contest. Oh, yeah. we. So hopefully that pie eating contest happens again this year and maybe this is your year. I, you know, hope springs eternal, right? And, <laughs> and if nothing else, just give me the pie. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you, you know, give up on the training and just say, I am what I am, then you could really ramp up the practicing of the pie eating. Yes, I, I guess I should, maybe I should watch some like Joey Chestnut videos, see <laughs> yeah. how he does it. Uh, I don't know if Joey Chestnut has done a pie eating competition, but I've seen him do deep fried asparagus Ugh. and obviously the hot dogs. Yeah. Oh, no, deep fried asparagus. Can you imagine? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so maybe I'll review the tape on that. Okay, well, we'll that's, that's something I can prepare for. We'll look forward to, I mean, I have a lot of friends at the Des Moines Register, but if they're not listening, oh. good luck, NPR. <laughs> We're going to need it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Tamara, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at just go bike podcast at gmail.com or you can also follow us on social media at just go bike on facebook twitter and instagram please rate review and subscribe to this podcast especially if you're a fan and if you have any extra time pop on over to the morphology podcast for more bike adventure interviews all right that's a wrap we'll be back next week until then just, just go bike, bike.